This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Welcome to Off the Break Podcast. I'm Cody, and with me are Kyle and Eric. Hello, all. Hello. Hello. It's a rainy Friday here today, guys. I know. Usually, I wake up and I like the the sun's like beaming through my my blinds. Uh-huh. But then I got up and I was like, "What time is it?" Usually, you know. But I look out and it's just pure gray. It's it like, is. Oh, that's, that's oh, why. I could definitely tell as soon as I woke up. I was like, "It it rained last night." Like I just felt <laughs> right. it in my mood. Like I felt I was just tired. Granted, I like part it. Of, part of that might be from Dark Phoenix I saw last night. But <laughs> right. you were at the late still, show. Still got the hangover from it. But yeah, uh, this weather, this weather match your the, it, your it, time. It really did. <laughs> well, I mean, the we'll, least. We'll get to that. Sure. We'll get to your Dark Phoenix reaction. Yeah. On this podcast, <laughs> I have so many questions for you. I'll, you were kind of surprised by them. I'll be able to answer them all most likely um and then you guys have seen ma and brightburn so we thought we'd catch up with yeah we do a quick little little catch up just give our quick thoughts Uh, because you wrote some good reviews of those so we'd like to highlight Mm -hmm. that um and then we found out that a um a partner's daughter here in the firm she's 15 she didn't know what men in black was let that sink in, people. She didn't know what Men in Black was. I feel like we're going to have to start getting used to this. No, we're not that old, okay? We are not that old. Well, I mean, old. yeah, because we are we're all exactly the same age. Yeah. We were all in college together. <laughs> no, that one I'm really looking forward to, because Men in Black yeah. is a strange kind of franchise that right. I would love to discuss. It is. I... Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get, get to, to that, that too. But th- that's kind of what we have on our plate. But and there then we have are the... teenagers that don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Blows and, my mind. And then we have the Ford v Ferrari trailer and the Ad yeah. Astra trailer. Both so. movies I've been anticipating for. So I'm glad that we get to discuss yeah. that as well. Mm-hmm. Me too. One looks good. <laughs> I, mean, I might be one, agreeing with you there. But one we'll, looks again, really okay. good. again these are all just teases. <laughs> yeah. We're so much teasing going on. Both. It's going to be good. It's right. going to be good. So, so Kyle, I think you should just kick it off. What? How was Dark Phoenix? In, As people, if people for some reason don't know, Dark <laughs> Phoenix is the last X Men movie released by Fox um, before they got merged with Disney. It follows Jean Grey, played by Sophie Turner, and um, she has a run in with a cosmic element, and then it heightens her powers, and she becomes uncontrollable, and is the X Men have to go after her. Is it technically true to say it's not? A re a remake of the Last Stand, the third X Men movie. Yes, but it's a lot more focused. Um, but it's the same general like story beats, yeah. kind of. As the Last Stand, or no premise. It's just the same premise as basically the- Jean Grey, one of their own, starts potentially going bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's uh that sort of same premise, but uh, what Kimberg did, and I appreciated this. Uh, he wrote the Last Stand. And I think we can all agree that X-Men The Last Stand is very muddled, very all over the place, too many ideas at once. I mean, I haven't seen it in probably like 12 years, Which, but yeah, yeah I'll I, agree. I don't blame I'll you agree for with you. <laughs> um, but this one at least is more focused on the actual story of Jean Grey and her being able to not be controlling these new powers that she has, and it starts to hurt her and the rest of the team of the X-Men. And I, I appreciate that at least, but he's also the director of this movie and he's the fir- uh, first time director as well and it really does show in this product um you can tell that instead of focusing on one thing and be able to come up with something good out of it he had a hard time juggling between the both of them like the writing he wrote this one too right? he wrote this one too yeah and he had a hard time juggling both of those um titles i think like the directing 
There's a lot of shots that aren't very well thought out, very well executed. There's a lot of writing that feels lazy and tiresome and doesn't <laughs> quite add on to uh, the ideas that he was setting out for. Um, and it all, and I think that same type of laziness also kind of showed through the cast, which is all, which is crazy because it's a talented cast. But... Oh, you mean like not really caring to yeah. give it their all? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It phoning it in. Not, not for all of them. Not all of them phoned today. But Did you Jennifer tell, Lawrence phone it in. She does a bit better than Apocalypse, but that's that, not saying that, much. Yeah, is that saying that's not anything? saying much? Um, but it's not as much for most of them that they are phoning it in. They just didn't have that same love for their characters or the property as compared to like a first class or a Days of Future Past, where you can tell like they were really into like their script. They're really into their characters, and it showed. Here it shows that. They know that this is the end, but it's an ending that doesn't really matter. So they're just there for the paycheck. Yeah, that's so sad. And it really transfers uh, to the audiences, I think, because I I felt it in my audience. That's for sure. I felt that Aww. as a, the movie. I'm I'm serious. Like as soon the or grand as, finale of the X Men series. Yay. Yeah, exactly. We all got paid. Like it, <laughs> we, Our checks cleared. Well, and meanwhile, everyone in the seats are like, we spend money on this. Well, the, th- the yeah. thing I keep seeing popping up from different publications and critics and stuff is that as the x-men series went on they kind of just ran out of ideas for their stories and so they especially all started seeming really repetitive past. yeah you know it's especially after that mutants are discriminated against mm-hmm. and it's really sad but at least but they don't have any new ideas what makes them different also makes to... them special yeah, <laughs> yeah like <laughs> but they don't realize it that's really the thing like the I, beauty is within I feel like after Days of Future Past, for what the story that I told, for the stakes that I had, for the subtext of uh, mutants versus normal humans, I felt all of that was just like the culmination that could have been a really epic finale. But after that, they didn't know where to go. Like you felt it in well, Brian yeah, Singer's I mean, Apocalypse, and you feel it with Kinberg, who's trying to tell retell a, a famous comic book story that failed the first time, but. <laughs> Well, but it just doesn't, unfortunately, just doesn't matter anymore. Days of Future Past had that, like, ambitious, the f- original, like, 2000, year 2000 X-Men actors meeting, like, the new first-class people. And, yeah. And, like, time travel and all that. It was this a very ambitious sci-fi, comic booky type story. Yeah. And since then, I feel like audiences have shown that they're game for that. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, they're, they're not going to be too weirded out if comic book stories go to space or bring in time travel or bring in wizards yeah. or bring in giant purple you know like end yeah, game I mean, end game all... infinity war and end game is like what yeah you know? and, and especially what superhero movies used to be like especially post days of future past but, so many superhero movies go above and beyond yeah but the x-men movies other than like logan have not really dared to do anything different i, yeah. I um, just like colored beams in the sky deadpool at least was something a bit different to the franchise, so I'll, I'll yeah. give it that too. It's hard, be, uh, but know, I get what you're saying. Those are technically X Men movies, right? Yeah. But I, when I say X Men movies, I, you I mean, mean like the movies core like with X Men. Yeah, like the movies with not X-Men. the spin off types, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. I feel like if I looked at a trailer from Dark Phoenix or Apocalypse or the other ones, I'm seeing the exact same characters look the exact same way, 
and have the exact same lines and there's just mm-hmm. no change in it. But when you look at like Captain America and then you look at Avengers and then you look at Endgame and you yeah, look at these. whether it's a, like a little thing like their costume changes or, or he grows a beard. He grows a beard. It's different. <laughs> yeah, they're little things, but they signify growth and even change. The, even the overall tone, like mm-hmm. Captain America oh, yeah. in First Avenger, he was like, I want to say plucky, but he was enthusiastic. You felt energy in him. And mm-hmm. then by um endgame he was just so weathered and just (laughs) so worn and so there was obvious character development there but i don't get that at all from the x-men films they've just been kind of grim (laughs) not for all of them professor x is bald now (laughs) james mcavoy is wearing a bald cap it's funny because watching him in dark phoenix like i could tell that he was also preparing for glass because he looked a bit bulkier, and oh, he, really? and you could like, like some, of, some of his Xavier's facial expressions. The weights. Some yeah. of his facial expressions even looked like he was preparing for uh, glass as well. So I, it was. Just I guess a that little, makes sense, yeah, because this thing's scheduling has just been a nightmare. It's just been a long, endless cycle for them. Yeah, yeah. It's so okay. So I have a question. It's, it's upsetting. It's um, upsetting. Jean Grey. Uh, okay, for my first question: Jessica Chastain is she? She's the villain, right? Who is in she? This? She's like a creepy albino witch lady. I don't know. What is her goal? Is her goal <laughs> to make Jean Grey f- like freak out and destroy everybody? This is the running theme, Cody. He doesn't know. I'm not saying this to avoid spoilers because there's absolutely nothing to spoil here. <laughs> but I, I don't know. He saw the movie like it's 12 hours writing. ago. It's yeah. fresh in it's, his mind, but he doesn't know. I don't, I don't know didn't what tell her you. name was. I don't know where she came from. I know she wants the power, but I don't know <laughs> power. if she... <laughs> that was just she, made, that made me think of He-Man. Was she a disciple of Apocalypse? Was she one like a disciple of Apocalypse? Was she connected to him in no. any way? Because like he saw the power in her at the end of Apocalypse and was like, oh, "You will, gets, uh, you will well, do what I could not do before." <laughs> it goes to show how muddled the X-Men timeline is because they redo that um, origin kind of. Oh, that doesn't happen. Forget about all? Apocalypse. Yeah, forget what you saw with her. I Apocalypse. thought that was the only good part at the end. Was like, oh, I did too. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. It's... Um, does Jean die at the end of this movie? Is that a big spoiler? It, I mean, does, maybe, but I feel like this is maybe, but it also where doesn't... people don't really care. Does Cyclops have to kill her the way that Wolverine had to kill? No. The Jean oh, yeah, Grey Wolverine and the did other kill one. Her no, there's not that, that was like the best. There's not a dramatic like Wolverine He's like scene. climbing up the, the and he's getting hill and he's his getting, skins being ripped yeah, apart. You see away. his metal skeleton. And then he has remember to, that part, huh? And then I he do. <laughs> no, I remember that, and I remember. And then his claws go into her, and then he like screams this guttural cry because oh, he's, he's so, so yeah. He's, and oh. it calms down, and she falls in his arms. Say what we yeah, will see, about Last Stand, but that's a good scene. I remember key. I remember key images and things like that. Like, doesn't Cyclops die at the very beginning of that movie? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. At least Cyclops gets a little bit more attention. <laughs> so, here. Do, so does Cyclops have to do the same thing? In no, this it's one? not. It's not that kind of ending. Does she die? Oh, uh, I I made a gesture oh. of whether they're right or not. <laughs> I I'm not quite sure if I should spoil that. I know yeah. it doesn't matter, but it, yep. so maybe it, for some people. Because but. I'm so out of the loop with the X Men movies, the, this and Apocalypse are the only two movies where the Sophie Turner Jean Grey appears, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she kind of yeah. came out of nowhere in the Apocalypse movie. Well, as did the rest of them. Right. <laughs> okay. But but I will say she was <laughs> she was probably like trying the hardest. Okay. You can She she you, was doing a very good job. You can thumbs up thumbs down this one. Does she kill 
Mystique, and does that set off the X Men? Oh no, that's already been spoiled. Yeah, so she kills Mystique in that scene. Yeah, Kinberg. Kinberg spoiled that like a few days after that. Here's the big major question. Because I'm sure it was there's spoiled lot- on Kimmel actually. Jimmy Kimmel was like, "Hey, Mystique, you died," and she's like, "All right, sure, yeah, I died." <laughs> she's like, "I really okay. don't care." Yeah, the, neither does <laughs> but, Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. But the came thing out of that was the like, thing I want to know is, first of all, I'm not sure. Did they know that this was gonna be the last X Men movie when they first put it into? Production? I think midway through production. Okay, if I remember so, the timeline, it's probably question: then. Does this? Whether or not it's good or bad, does this movie have a sense of like finality? Like, does it wrap it up, or does it just end, and it, then you just know, like, okay, there's not going to be any others, or does it make a point of somehow giving you <laughs> close, like it's the end? You know what I'm saying? No, no, it just no. kind of ends. Like no. it, was it has a nice movie. scene at the end um, between Magneto and Professor X. That is a nice callback to First Class, but. It doesn't make you feel like, okay, that's the end. Now I feel good. If it, It's like, yeah. well, that happened. <laughs> well, I mean, like, like you know, Endgame, obviously it's not the end, but it it's the end of this phase. It's of obvious that, that it's of, the end. The mm-hmm. story arcs are come to a close. Character arcs end. It's not that. It's not like that. It's just like. I mean, what, I mean it, it's hard to get close to that, does, but it doesn't. But it doesn't try to, is what I'm saying. It's just it just ends its own story, and you just know that there's not going to be any others. Yeah. Okay. Does Beast like want to get revenge for Jean or for Mystique's death? Yeah. Does he love her? Because yeah, because he rejected her, and she had to go with Magneto. Was that an apocalypse? No. That was in the beginning, the first one, first class. They were like together. I don't remember that. It's because they're both blue. No, it was because they no, were together. No, it's because of true love, and Eric. Then he, and then he couldn't accept like his weird feet, and then he experimented on oh, himself. Oh, that's right. And then he didn't like, want to hey, go. We both are. Yeah, and then he didn't want to go with her, so she went with Magneto. Yeah, but then she came back in Apocalypse. Whatever. Yeah. She the, like went with Magneto, like dated him. Oh yeah. There well, was there was there was hints at that they like know, she was a in, little bit older than Mystique. In, well, yeah, she was in bed as Jennifer Lawrence, and he's like. No, should take that off, and she like goes back to being a steak, and they make love in bed. Okay, I yeah. I I remember yeah. liking First Class, but I don't remember that. No, First Class is great. Everyone should go watch First Class. I remember so Professor good. Xavier getting shot in the spine. Yep, that's yeah, that's that scene is <laughs> that's a very good that's scene probably too. the only thing I remember. Oh, but it's so good though. Uh, what was the question again? Oh yeah, Beast. Uh, who cares? It's, it's, <laughs> well, I do. I'm question. <laughs> you said you, you kind of want to see it. Just I do. go see it and wait, find wait, out I'm all. So, the I, I actually don't remember the question. Beast. Like, well, does what? he want revenge? Oh yeah, no, he For... wants. Yeah, he wants revenge. Okay. <laughs> does he get it? Does he get it? Uh, no. Does oh. Magneto die? No. No, because there was that scene with him at the end. He just said. What happens in the scene? He could have died in that scene. It could have been like a beautiful scene where Magneto. No, like he on didn't his die. It's it's just a callback to a moment that they had in first class. Would about it go them over being my brothers? head? Yes. <laughs> okay. Is it about that? Is it about them being brothers? Mm, no. Are they brothers? No, they're no, not. No, it's just symbolic were, brothers. Okay. Symbolic brothers. They've been together. That is from one the thing, though. I do genuinely. I want to give the X Men series as a whole credit for. I do really like the Xavier Magneto relationship. Yeah, that's always I really. Been good. I really like that dynamic. You don't really see that in too many other comic book movies, superhero movies. It's crazy that they pulled it off twice. They pulled it off with McKellen yeah. and Stewart, and then they were able to do it again with Fassbender and McAvoy. Well, that's probably why the 
the best thing about first one of the best things about first class was I feel like they really did nail the the younger versions of all the people. Yeah, I the think understudies. so too. Yeah, and also was just X-Men. it also was just right. new. Like it, it was a fresh, almost soft reboot to the franchise that was needed at the time because it was oh, dying X-Men. thanks to Last Stand and Origins, <laughs> and, and they, they needed did, something. They're to like, happen. let's go back to Last Stand and redo it because that went <laughs> let's so just well. Just do it again. That was kind of cool the first time, right? But we can do it better. <laughs> all right. Well, it won't be number one this weekend. It's sad. It's, it's sad that it's going out on a whimper because I mean, I the X Men series—they started the whole yeah, renaissance I, I did, of the superhero genre. Exactly. I did want to bring right. that up too. Like it, it really is a shame that it's ending the way that it is ending because, like you said, Eric, it helped launch yeah, the superhero genre to what it is today. Like that genre was untouchable because no one wanted to. No one thought it would work, mm-hmm. and a lot of people like to, yeah, say Spider Man, which is probably the biggest one that was like the the big break for the genre. Yeah, it definitely, but helped. Yeah, X Men came out two years before Spider Man mm-hmm. came out, and you know, people are like, "Whoa, okay, I guess you can, I guess you can make like a live action version of the story yeah. with actual big name actors, yeah, and have it not be totally unbelievable." Yeah, and I. And while it's sad that it's ending, it's also kind of a sigh of relief, honestly. Like at least, yeah. <laughs> at least we're bringing this property over to a guy that not only knows like how to handle superhero movies and connectivity and making fresh new stories and Kevin Feige, but he also has had experience in the X Men franchise because he used to be a producer on some of those movies. So at oh, least he's seen like the good and the bad of those franchise of that franchise. Yeah. And he's like, guys, I've be seen it all. It Just give yeah. it to me. I know we keep I'll saying it we keep saying it's over, but it's not over. Yeah, it's well, not over. This, like, this, the Fox, the Fox, the Fox, the Fox, the, yeah. the Fox X movies we definitely had their own identity compared yeah. to the the Marvel right. movies. Mm-hmm. I do think that they need a long break from it, though. Like, well, I think it's gonna be don't do it in like two, three years. I would no. actually want to wait until. Yeah, I'm like pretty four sure or Kevin five. Feige has gone on record multiple times saying, like, yeah, yeah. technically we have the X Men rights now, but. Don't hold your breath. It's going to be a long time. Which I'm totally okay with. Do you I... trust him when it says long time? Because we all know how you feel about <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't trust I'm him. saying this with but a great I don't salt. care enough about the X-Men anyways. So if he's like, yeah, we're going to take a really long break. Like, it's not going to be until at least 2021 before yeah. we have the X-Men join the Avengers. Yeah, well, maybe I'll be able to believe in Feige more, but... Yeah, That's so it's it's a it's very disappointing, especially with the circumstances. What can you do? Last thing we'll say about it is it as bad as the Rotten Tomato score says it is? Because it's the worst reviewed X Men movie in the franchise, technically. And we all agree that that should not be that movie. It should be either I mean, the Apocalypse it, but or I, yeah, Origin. I haven't seen Apocalypse either, but Origins is no terrible. I, it's it's not a good X Men movie to say the <laughs> least, but at least it's not. At least it's not so bad to where you'll get angry by it. Like I, I was just, it's mostly just I was just sad. bored and just sad. like, oh, come on. I guys. was just bored and sad when seeing the bad stuff of it. Like yes, um, Origins may have like one or two cool things, but I think that's way more of a train wreck than what this is. So no, I I I, I don't really care about those scores to begin with. Anyway, I try to kind of avoid those. But no, I I don't think those are really that warranted. Um. I think Apocalypse just wasted Apocalypse, the villain. I just oh yeah, I had never really him. seen him it up did. close. They wasted Oscar so, Isaac. Oh, yeah, I, I had never seen him up do. close, yeah. so I went on Google Images and I was like, okay, I, 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 te- I guess it was Oscar Isaac, and I looked yeah. at him and the prosthetics on him looked so silly. Yeah, 
it's, maybe it's because he wasn't in motion, but the, I, the still image. A, that, that might be a part. He had of the it potential too. to be such a cool villain. Like he could have truly been the first super villain, but he was ancient, which is even better. And he could go into other people's, like take over other people's bodies could and have stuff. Been the Thanos Trans- before Thanos. Yeah, transferred his essence. So he could have transferred his Who essence him? into a uh, Jean Grey. Jean, Jean as, did as the with her Phoenix. Phoenix powers, even though she actually doesn't have them yet. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> the writing's a mess. The Does Dark Phoenix good. take place before Apocalypse? It takes place after, but they retconned how the Phoenix. I don't part. even care anymore. Yeah, no. Um. It, it, <laughs> the point is the writing's the writing's <laughs> not good. It's very lazy and not well thought out. Why do they have too bad. Kimber keep writing if when not it's because ob- nobody else wanted to? When it's obvious he's <laughs> not that good a writer. I I only probably because he was for good sure he only did on. the last stand. I'm trying to remember yeah, the I, other. I feel like because he's, he's been writing. writing the X Men movies for like the entire oh, time, writing and, and producing. Yeah. So he he obviously point, knows them. I feel like the universe just got so convoluted that no amount of at writing some point could save they it. needed fresh eyes on it or yeah. a fresh oh, yeah. perspective. It, you get so bogged down. Yeah. And at that point they so probably possessive of your creativity <laughs> and your ideas that And I don't want to blame like him he was all the way, but I feel like they were I... just like, Yeah, these X Men movies <sighs> He was able to screenwrite Days of Future Pass. Um but then he also did the screenwriting for Last Stand and Fantastic Four and X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, definitely a lot more misses than hits, but he many has times been you give this guy a chance before you're like I don't think you're doing a good job. Let's I bring feel like they just in. didn't care about the X-Men movies that much when they saw that there was really no saving them. So like, just just let him keep doing it. I mean, the we're fact making, that they we're making, our, the we're making money him on them. Directed. It's because no one else wanted to. I guess. That's yeah. my theory. No, And he's also been a long time pro- producer on this franchise. It can't be no one else like, wants to. You know how many ones. hungry, young directors there are that probably had a passion that would be like, I will remake this and do so good for Oh, for cheap. sure. But Fox probably also knew like it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. They're like, this <laughs> guy, at least he knows it. He's been writing them for years, for better or worse. Or just or Fox loves Kinberg. That's yeah, maybe. Thing. Maybe. I don't think like, Feige... Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. I don't think Feige's going to be hiring Kinberg for even a producing... God, maybe a producing not. role... No. But it might be the smallest of producing roles. I hope not. I'd I'd be very surprised that they, he hired him to like write or direct an X Men movie. Maybe producing. Oh, well. I'm well. Gonna play, I'm gonna put it on him. <laughs> at, at the core of every movie is the story and the writing. I mean, yeah. a director can yeah. only add so many scenes or do shots in a certain way or edit it. But at the core, it's always the writing. And if that fails, I think the whole thing fails. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, putting I'm right it on with him. You. Well, I guess we could talk about two marginally better movies. <laughs> I also saw Rocketman 2, so well, I can... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw Rocketman 2. Oh, we, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we haven't even that. talked about Rocketman. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Rocketman. Rocketman is a much better oh, movie. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Than Dirk <laughs> Phoenix. Holy um, cow. I love it. Yeah. Well, we don't want to spend too much time on these because they're kind of old news. But, yeah, Rocketman, I loved it. I actually wasn't super familiar with elton john's music outside really? of like rocket man and what? tiny dancer yeah oh, um well no. they have like 30 albums him and bernie have like 30 yeah. albums they probably have like 400 songs so it's like well yeah I'm, i don't know a whole lot of them but so not only did i really enjoy the movie and the presentation of it but it was just like whoa i like i like this guy's music these guys's music too it was just like a i don't know a perfect combination what I really appreciate out of it with that was that <clears throat> it was informative about Elton John's uh, life and his career and the uh, 
uh, mental and physical issues that he had going on throughout his career while also playing out in almost like a fantasy musical-esque uh, type oh, of story to help convey the emotions that, that he had and to convey the timeline that he was going through. So it was like a different type of bio, biopic to see, but one that was entertaining, but you still got the emotional uh, sense out of Elton John. And that's especially portrayed well by Taron Egerton. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, he, he was, was great. so amazing. Yeah, he was really good. Like I'm, I'm hoping Oscars for him. I know I, this year. I hope I, people don't forget about. I would like that, but I don't think it's gonna. I don't happen. think it's gonna I, I'm gonna. They're be not gonna do praying. another like musical representative representation. No, it's the politics of it. Rami Malek yeah. stole the Oscar from him. There's it's, no way mm, that yeah. he would ever win without just getting totally crapped on by every publication. Like, oh, this is the new formula for Oscars. Just play a famous musician. <sighs> that's uh, that's so stupid though. Because that's stupid, but how it works. I love yeah. Taron. He is such he. I already saw that he was a star in like the Kingsman franchise, but this puts him over the map that he's a star in like an actor's actor. Like he can, he, he can be able to do it all. Like he he's did, a showman. He did his own like singing, his own dancing. He did his own stunts. He, if it was wore Elton the, John growing up cap. that I was seeing, wore the ball. <laughs> well, no, they thinned his hair. Out. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they thinned his hair out. And so, yeah, he said he was really, he said he was really scared that his hair wasn't going to grow back. I was like, yeah, I would be too, because it's like, man, yeah, he looks like Elton John, but whoo. No, you That's can, amazing. You can that just make, loves him even more now for You that. can just tell that there was so much love for wanting to do this project. Like, from yeah. Dexter Fletcher in the director's chair to Elton John giving the blessing that Taron Edgerton should play him to mm-hmm. just uh, the writing and how it, it was visually pleasing. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 I keep thinking What's about it. What's your guys' criticism? Um, because I told you mine last maybe, week that it was just too dark. It didn't end. On I didn't a have. Note. I didn't have that problem. No, I didn't have that um, either. I and guess that might be the difference between not only like age but like sex too. Like I have <gasps> a mom with kids. And yeah, I mean so, maybe. And you're young guys, so maybe like <laughs> the that doesn't personal taste get to maybe, you. Like, I guess yeah. sometimes the the time between the more fantastical surreal elements you know like breaking out into dance or something like that sometimes there was a lot of those in a short period and then sometimes it was a really long stretch of a more conventional movie and then another random kind of thing like that so maybe the balance of it was a little a little off um but and i'm sure if i sat down and i i tried to pick it apart i would find some more but it's i don't know it was just a thoroughly enjoyable movie uh for me i think there was just a few uh, certain moments in his career that were less addressed than others, but at the same time, it got addressed enough for me through the acting, which, yeah. which is weird to say. Like, I wanted some more information about the event in general uh, for some parts of his career as compared to the other ones. But at the same time, though, like the acting was so well done by all of these actors that I was able to get enough information about that event because of yeah. them. I guess I would have liked to know specifically like which albums he was working on at which point in the movie right because like they they go they go they go through like his greatest hits and like his biggest songs but at the time people they talk about how he was responsible for five percent of all record sales but they don't really ever i don't think they ever say a single album name Mm -hmm. in the movie Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like this vague 
number of hit singles i would have liked to get a little bit more specific with the the actual that is one thing bohemian rhapsody did pretty good was be like we did this album and this is the stuff and then we did this album and this is the song and Mm -hmm. and it moved um in like i would say sort of a chronological order that way like you kind of knew where they were at that point yeah i guess that's kind of the thing is sometimes it was hard to keep track of what year and at what point in his career it was at because really the the only way you can kind of keep track is how much hair he has right so and how big he gets yeah um so yeah i guess that there are other things that i'm sure people would criticize like when he marries i forget her name renata yeah in it's all of like five seconds but in real life it's like four years but i i feel like really when you think about it probably nothing really happened between Mm. them in those four years it was just four awkward kind of sad years of him denying who he is and sadly roping somebody in with him right um but yeah i guess i would have liked a a little bit more clarity with the specific albums and music and the time in which they came out yeah yeah i would be right there with you didn't bother me too much but i Mm -hmm. i could see that being a criticism that's legit it's one of those movies where the the major bad things are only going to stand out in hindsight when I think about it. Yeah, right. But in the act of watching the movie, I was I was totally engaged. Mm-hmm. No, this this that's, movie is fantastic. That's so funny because my dad and I both were like, "This is so dark. This is not like the it, movie we I thought mean, we was, were getting." It was dark and sad. It just but we it was were... honest. I mean, like that's oh, it's like his vices and struggles are some of the most documented like publicized things at the time yeah that's like all people cared about i guess maybe i was going in thinking this was more of a movie that would talk about that and his success and more of his career and it just so was about that the the drug use and stuff like it was all about his demons and very little about his success and i think that's the balance that i didn't like i wanted i I don't know i yeah i can see that but that very early on, as as the fact that it you, opened honestly, with him so. in rehab, I was like, okay, this is probably going to be, it's going to take this rehab room and make that kind of like a microcosm for the whole rise, fall, rise journey that he goes through. It's like the self-redemption kind of thing because so much of and it I was self-loathing. Oh, I don't And at the end, he that. learns to love himself and move forward. I just feel like... I wouldn't mind that if that was um, maybe even like three quarters of the movie and then one quarter was him coming from that because he started his AIDS foundation after that. Mm -hmm. He met his husband after that. Like there were so many good things that happened after that that is like not touched on at all. Yeah, but I feel like those things wouldn't necessarily mesh with the story the movie was telling though. Like... Why wouldn't it have meshed? It would have been a phoenix rising from the ashes. It would have been because his second I, redemption. I feel like I feel like phoenix. that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like that little hint we got of him getting out of it and finally regaining a control of himself and learning to let go of the stuff that he had been obsessed with and drowning in for his whole life. That's that was all the redemption I need because we all know he's still alive. He's still right. making albums. So I feel like it's. It ends on the high point where you realize he's going to be okay instead of also just like going up and then just kind of coasting on like the, the happy stuff. I, I feel like it's like just like a momentum right. thing. It's like you just you end at the peak and just let it be instead of like, okay, he's good. <laughs> and then just hover there for another 20, 30 minutes yeah. 
just so you can see some more things that happened to him on screen. It was more of, for me, a palate cleanser. It's not like I get it. I get it. It's more of like, okay, I lived through that. I guess I thought the I'm Still Standing music video recreation was the perfect palate cleanser. That was that was beautiful because <laughs> I had I had seen the actual music video. Yeah. I, that was one of the Elton John songs I was familiar with, and I saw that and I was like, "Oh, this is beautiful. I love it." I only yeah, like that, that was a so, way to do it. He's so dorky. Yeah. Oh my god, mm-hmm. I was like obsessed with like looking at like old interviews of Elton afterwards, like what he looked like in the seventies, and I was just like, "I love this guy. He's hilarious, but he's so shy in his interviews. He's wearing these huge, fantastic outfits, but he's just kind of like." Answering questions yeah, like this, those just kind of like masks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He hides behind that. That's showmanship and stagery, and he hides behind it. I feel like that's what he did with the movie, to a certain extent. It was all oh, definitely. It was yeah, flash and awe and you know outrageous dance numbers and things like that to kind of mask the pain. You still got it, and you still got all this stuff. It's just definitely definitely his showy way of being like i'm trying to be honest but i can't do it fully without the without yeah. the production <laughs> which in and of itself is yeah, beautiful which is, and sad yeah, yeah absolutely fitting yeah but, i wasn't saying that was a criticism that is but it's definitely like something i noticed yeah well, sure and that's probably very, about if, that in the last, if they're last gonna be podcast. true to the character of elton john elton john yeah. was very much you know there's that scene of him you know uh, in the in the green room before he goes out in the baseball outfit and he's like trying to make himself smile and yeah you know he has to, he right has to take a couple bumps his, right after he had his o- overdose yeah mm-hmm. um so it's yeah it's very much it's very much just that putting on that facade that is the only thing other people are gonna see so they're like right. oh he's this bump like crazy effeminate out there showman but then nobody sees the the true him right ironically. i just find that the style of the movie is so interesting that because if you've ever seen him in concert, he doesn't talk a lot like mm. in between the songs yeah, just and let stuff. The, let the music just speak lets the for music itself. play. And I feel like the movie is very much like that. There mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of dialogue. There wasn't a lot of actual, I don't know, communication. It was not a lot of telling you his feelings. It was a lot of show. Yeah. That's what I loved about it. Like so, if you listen yeah. to the Bernie's lyrics and how Elton interprets them and, mm-hmm like makes the music to them that tells you really all you need to know i, I, th- I, I really love their relationship especially oh, that was like my favorite part especially when he does interviews now bernie does and he's like i don't know what i was writing i thought the lyrics were garbage but he made it a masterpiece yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so good like uh what's the song he does the duet he bernie wrote that oh, don't yeah. go breaking my heart yeah. yeah yeah he said that he hated that song <laughs> and it, it was like this huge hit when elton got it well, yeah i mean Ellen's it's like, like no, anything you st- strip away what you actually hear and just look at the words it's like yeah. okay yeah okay <laughs> yep that's a song no, it's, it's really good and i don't want to take anything away from bohemian rhapsody because it's a completely different style of biopic and i think it Matt, it marries you know that story very well and Rami Malek did a great job in that he was the best part of that movie mm-hmm. but this movie is so much better even oh, if yeah. it is dark and I <laughs> and I wish there was more happy things in it <laughs> oh, well real, I, I do want to ask what are you guys favorite Ellen John songs you guys got any that you Ooh, can think of Ivan I've been trying to decide that I'm um, still standing it's always a favorite of mine especially when Taron Edgerton sings yeah. it he because he sings it in sing mm-hmm. um as the animated gorilla and yeah. it's so good. Oh yeah, that is the song he yeah. sings, isn't it? Yeah. And then his dad comes and he's like 
you know, come, breaks out of prison to come see him after he after he gets done with it. Terrible oh, lesson to kids, but it's I heartfelt. Know. It's so good. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like Tiny Dancer is really good. I was thinking about that one too. Um, I like the Crocodiles one. I can't remember how <laughs> the name of that, but that one's good. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying. Yeah, Candle in the Wind say. is really I good. I couldn't say. I'm still like new to all of them. Well, now stuff. now you got a whole. Oh, I've been going through. Good, I've been good. going through. Yeah, I have a lot. Yeah. I like them. I mean, there's never a bad one, right? Um, <laughs> Benny and the Jets is so fun. That is that is a fun Benny. one. That is a Benny. fun one. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But yeah, just, anyway, I was just curious. Okay. Do you have a favorite? You didn't say. Uh, Benny and the Jets is always one that I think people kind of forget about. You think really? I thought that would Benny. be like his top five. Oh really? I don't know. That one I just never. I I think for some people it just never comes to mind. Oh. But maybe I'm wrong. Like I. I'm not a Elton John expert by any means, but yeah. yeah, that one, Tiny Dancer, you know, like I said, was what if there's right. there's never a bad one. <laughs> no, I don't think there is. Well, Candle in the Wind, the Princess Diana song. They always bring that up, but that mm-hmm. is such a pretty song. Mm-hmm. It's like the re-recorded version. Mm-hmm. I like them both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, which uh, movie next do we want to anyway, talk about? Let's quickly. Talk about my Brightburn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got, got, they came out last got carried week. away with Rocket Man. They came out last week mm-hmm. and did okay. Ma? Yeah, both yeah. of them did okay. Ma actually did open surprisingly well. 25 and then Brightburn did what? Six. Well, I couldn't tell you. No. Well, no, actually it, it made I think Brightburn like did more 10. than Ma, didn't it? When it came out? Brightburn yeah. was the week before. Yeah, Brightburn was the week oh, before, so that's okay. why it probably that's made probably more. That's probably why, yeah. yeah. Okay. Probably that is why. Um. <laughs> well, we don't have to touch on Brightburn. We all know that that was bad. So let's talk about Ma. <laughs> was it bad, Kyle? It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it, it just it just didn't execute thoroughly on the cool evil Superman. That it had that's yeah. kind of the, that's kind of the criticism I have with Ma. Yeah, I mean, well, I, it just it just could have been a little bit more thought out in executing this cool concept. But other than that, though, it's it's fine. That's my main criticism with Ma. So. Obviously, I was really excited because I yeah, wanted Ma were. to be like this just crazy <laughs> kill all the teenagers in the most screwed up, horrific ways. Be and the fact horror. that Octavia Spencer was going to be the one doing it, I thought was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And I needed to see it. But I went and saw, saw it. And when it turns out that the main teenage girl is like the main character, I was like, oh, what? Like, I wanted Ma to be, like, the main character. I wanted us to follow her and see this, like, mental instability and this just uh-huh. spiral, downward spiral. But it just turned out to be another kind of average beat-by-beat Bloomhouse movie. You know, a bunch of teenagers want alcohol. She gets them alcohol. And I don't know. It was just a really plain movie. It was not, it did not fulfill or go anywhere with its premise, really. Because the character of Ma is really, really interesting. Right. I liked her a lot. Her name is Sue Ann. And you get a sense that she's she's just like this shut-in. She's a little unstable. But you also kind of feel bad for her in a way. Right. And she works at the vet. And Alice and Janie is her boss. And their scenes are just <laughs> hilarious. Like, I don't know. They're, all the scenes with Octavia Spencer, they're great. I loved them. I was laughing. I was really the only one laughing in the theater. I, I don't know what was up with the other people. But they were probably asking, why is this guy laughing yeah. at this movie? Weirdo. <laughs> yeah. She like, there's a scene where she's like injecting Luke Evans with dog blood because he's a dog. 
And yeah. I was like laughing hysterically and people were like, oh my God, like, no, this isn't scary. Come on. Well, that's disappointing because when they, Octavia Spencer and the director, I can't remember. Tate who, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, Tate. They came out and um, on the CinemaCon stage and to talk about Ma mm-hmm. and she was saying how she had done all these like, like strong black woman roles and she just wanted to like do something scary, like di- way different for yeah, her it's not scary. and go completely like psycho and just have fun with the role yeah oh, she has fun with it yeah she's great in it but it did it just didn't take it that notch up that it really should have no not at all it it's it's honestly it's kind of a boring movie when she's not on screen the teenagers all suck you hate them <laughs> they're Juliet, teenagers Juliette lewis is okay she's she's pretty funny as the mom and the fact that people always knew Juliette lewis is like this crazy free-spirited woman when she was younger um the fact that she's now this mom who's trying to keep her daughter under control is kind there's kind of a meta aspect there that's enjoyable but yeah there's just there's not enough ma it kind of gets cool at the end when she's starts going crazy and finally starting to get the yeah there's like that scene in the trailer no she doesn't kill any of the kids she tries to i thought she did and then they're like all still alive i'm like what Man, no, that, you're right. That is missed. Yeah, she she kills Luke Evans by you know filling him with dog blood right. on her bed, and I was like, okay, that's that's pretty cool. I wanted it to be even more extreme, but like she yeah. sew a dog tail on him. Yeah, do something a like puzzle and yeah, like cut off his arms and replace him with dog arms or something. Yeah. Like literally make him a dog. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. <laughs> But like, no, you just, did you think of that on the spot? Yeah. Yeah. Justin Lawn, it was like, was it Justin Lawn? It was like Walrus. Yeah, Where uh, to make um, a... Tusk. Tusk. Yeah, yeah, do something like that. Come on. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot but, about that. One. Yeah, at the end, I was just like, I like this character a lot. I hated her backstory because it was just so simple. She right. was mad because in high school, Luke Evans's character hum- humiliated her with like a seven minutes in heaven type thing. Right. Where she thought it was him because she always had a crush on him, but it was a different guy in the closet, but she didn't recognize that it wasn't his voice at all. Right. And then people laughed at her, and apparently that just broke her for decades. I don't know. I didn't enjoy it. Sorry, man. But I liked Ma. <laughs> she deserved so much better. <laughs> the B movie that could have been. The... Yeah, Same seriously. with Brightburn. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, okay, well... That's us caught up. Let's talk about teenagers these days. Oh, yeah. Speaking, speaking of, of teenagers. teenagers. Yeah. Those you know what darn grinds teens. my gears about teens these days? What, Cody? They don't know what Men in Black is. <laughs> but the okay. film that launched Will Smith's career, they don't know what it is. What What is going on? Uh, I mean, at this point... Obviously, we're not talking... We're probably not talking about Men in Black <laughs> specifically. We're talking about how, you know... I I'd wonder, love to talk about Men in Black. Yeah. Well, we can, but I'm wondering, like... Is there like a set number of years that a movie has been out before it just stops coming up again? Right. If that makes sense. Because we looked at the Men in Black 1 was 1997. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Men in Black 2 was 2002. So, you know, that's a good 20, 25, 20 what? years. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Say that again. Men in Black 2 was in... 2002. Men in Black 1 was 97. So that's years. like... years. Yes. 22 years. Yeah. yeah. 20, 20 right. years. Right. Okay. That is your guys's whole life yeah it, it yeah, is pretty much it, it is our whole um, life. Oh my God. so i don't know guys. i'm just wondering how how people discover their media like the movies they get yeah. into because 
you know, growing up, you don't only see new movies that come out in the theaters. I you know, your parents like... probably show you stuff. Yeah. Maybe you see something at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just I wondering. Don't I don't know. If you think about the time in a day and like when I was growing up, we, to get out of the house, it was to go to movies mm-hmm. or to go to friend's house. And when you went to a friend's house, what'd you do? You watched movies yeah. and stuff. But now I think they've got apps on their phone they've got video games they've got so many no, I, other things i get they that there's do. more different types of media taking up the time but when it comes to the actual like discovery of movies or tv shows or you know i feel like it they're trying to discover them on netflix and prime yeah but they're maybe all, there's just too but, much content to but the algorithms through. on those only give you God, the those, new stuff I, I kind of feel like the algorithms give Probably. you the new original to those app movies. So they are discovering new movies, but they're like made for Netflix movies or yeah. they're, so they're only, they are only getting movies from the theaters that come out that are new. That's, that's a good point. Well, it's weird because sometimes there's the occasional older movie that has a huge resurgence, usually through memes, right. you know, like Shrek is I don't, for some reason, Shrek 1 will be a truly eternal movie. <laughs> As it should. Like, yeah, it's a great movie. Right. It was a groundbreaking movie when it came out. But I guarantee you that a huge number of the people who love it now and, like, make and obsess over these memes now, they, they never saw it when it came out. They weren't even born. Right. But I don't know. There's... I don't know what makes some things have like a second life or a third life or what makes some things fade away. I don't know. It's well, it's just an interesting thing to think about. I guess studios should kind of keep that in mind that not every old property is going to be able to be resurrected. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried about that with men in black. Like, yeah, you know, it's really not that old and it is still in the conscious. I am older than you guys, but not that much older. <laughs> so, and I was around in 97. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I went and saw it in theaters. I don't think I did, but I am very familiar with it. And yeah. I, at least I saw when I was like the marketing and people yeah. were having that curiosity. So, and like buzz in my to mind, it. it's not 22 years old. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. I feel like it's like when I talk about the 90s being 10 years ago, yeah. <laughs> like it's just not that old to me. <laughs> well, maybe my so, parents just did a really good job of showing me a wide range of yeah, movies, contemporary, have. older movies. I was also just really curious about movies in general. Like I would like to, I was just, I was always curious. I was like, wow, there is a lot of movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I look, I like to re- like look at the names, read the backs of the cases, you know, and then gradually that got more curious about, like, there's probably some that are considered better than others, and then that leads to another thing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't do that. Mm-mm. So I'm just wondering, yeah, I don't know. I'm just wondering how people discover older media. I think if they're not getting it from Netflix and stuff, which they're probably not because they're not, the algorithms aren't bringing <laughs> it up, um, and they're not getting it through their meme culture then maybe like they get it through a current actor you know they're like where where were the films that he first got or he or she first played in and maybe there's some discovery through that like 
I mean, that, I've, I've, I've experienced that through my parents. Like, mm-hmm. like they're, they're actors that I really like. And then they're like, what? You haven't seen... Like, an example is Days of Thunder. I watched that not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. As I, I've always loved Tom Cruise in his movies as an actor growing up. It's the race car one, right? Yeah. I've yeah. seen a lot of them. And, you know, I mentioned that I'd never seen Days of Thunder. Like, what? Eric, you've never seen Days of Thunder? Like, Tom Cruise is so young in it. I'm like, okay, let's watch it. Yeah. He is so um, young. He has a unibrow. Um, cool. <laughs> I guess that was in... It was the 80s. It was 90. 90? 1990. Well, he shot in the 80s. That was like the peak of him getting pampered by the Scientologist cult. But uh, <laughs> anyways, I forget where I was going with that. But yeah, I think I think people, discover, pe- yeah, people discover actors they like and they're like, hmm, I wonder what else they've done. I'm sure it's also like... Okay, so we have Men in Black International coming out. And this whole discussion came up because our partner's daughter was like, what's Men in Black? So we're I don't like, know anything oh, about it. I don't have, know Will Smith's in it. What? Yeah, you have to go see the first one. So some Who's of a that Will Smith? comes up. <laughs> what's a Will Smith? You can skip two and three, but you have to see the first one. This thing that started it all. Don't skip three. You can skip three. You can't. You can totally skip three. If you just want to be confused about what you're seeing, you should watch three. Yeah. That's it's a, a fine movie. It has, oh, it's fine. It's not it's fine, great all the way through, but it would be like very good oh. parts. Anyways. But I think the overall consensus is the best one is yes, number obvious. one. Yes, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, it definitely. I'm trying to remember how I even found the first one. I think Basically, I on the TV fact that she day. didn't know what Men in Black was tr- triggered a minor existential yeah, she's 15. crisis in our minds. How does she not know what Men in Black is? I, I, th- I did think about I it, I blame though, the parents. And, I mean, yeah. for Eric and I, we... <laughs> did grow up with men in black but we also were like really on the cusp of its popularity because we were well like, i don't know how we were just how big was men in black because there was the first one the second one didn't come out until five years after the first one right. the second one was not very well received people usually don't seem to like it's it it's not good <laughs> so i'm wondering yeah. just how big it was or if it was just one of those pretty successful movies that came out that we just happened to see that had it a pretty cool premise 500 was, mil in the united states i think it was very successful for in the 90s it's yeah. like up there with those iconic 90s movies like independence day and um all those ones i kind of go back to it's like yeah 90s More i loved them space jam yeah <laughs> but i think also it really launched will smith's career so you so he got really big after that I mean, he had yeah. Independence Day. He had Men in Black. Yeah, I guess it. you, you do know, kind of just big... equate it with Will Smith himself. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder what movies have come out in the past several years that maybe we liked in theaters but don't really think about that much or didn't really pay much attention to afterwards that may or may not be the the Men in Black of this next generation where people like catch on like hey remember that movie from when we were younger Kingsman and then that gets like a second life but it's I don't know there's no way to tell yeah there's no way to tell I'm just I'm just thinking like the first one did so well but the second one was not there's these are just some things I think about like okay so 1997 let's go this year like some movies that have come out this year that maybe we didn't maybe we liked but didn't think too much of that will be relevant in some way 10, 15 years down the road. I have to say it, but I don't think that Marvel movies, which have defined this last 15 years, are going to be super relevant. 
Interesting. It is interesting. I don't know because I see a lot of people claiming like Mar- these are this is this generation Star Wars. Like Endgame was a huge thing because this is like what it was when people saw Return of the Jedi and it was mm. the end of this epic journey. Uh, the comparisons no. are the the the, the comparisons make sense now, obviously. Right. But Cody does make a good point. Like in the near future, will that well, yeah, kind of be well, the same? But it, it's also to what you're saying too. Like people always talk we don't about have like, any way of measuring that. People really. talk about like the end of monoculture and these things that everybody was experiencing at the same time. Like they said it when Game of Thrones ended. Like yeah. there's never going to be another thing like, like Game of TV Thrones show because like at that. this point there's so many different. <laughs> content providers each with their own huge amount of content right. that there's so much to pick from that people may not just statistically line like there may not be a lot of people into the same thing mm-hmm. so that's interesting going forward um i feel like there's it's just impossible to predict but i don't know like he-man and transformers is like such a common thing for like mostly guys, yes. but you know some girls who grew up I in like the eighties. Yeah, I love this like so many people <laughs> love those two things in particular. Right. Like my professor loved it. I've seen tons of like YouTubers who talk about it. A lot of my friends, some of my older friends, you know, those two things in particular. But now going forward, there's so much. It seems like there's just so much more that there's not going to be like a handful of defining. Right. Well, franchises or media. When I was younger, we had up to maybe five channels that played kids stuff, and then mm-hmm. they only played the same. Yeah, few it makes cartoons. sense why everybody was in on those few yeah. things because that is literally, literally what there was. That's it. That was it. But now there's endless things out there. Oh so my gosh, my kids find so many things it's on. Like, where are you finding all these shows yes, on Prime and Netflix? <laughs> and I'm like. What is this? What are you watching? Like Breaking Bad. To... <laughs> like my kid found a video that somebody made. It looks like a home video where they're in one of those blow up T Rex um, costumes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're jumping on a trampoline and they're playing, and like they just think that's the greatest thing ever, and they keep watching this video, and I'm like, <laughs> why are we watching this? This is weird. Like, yeah. Oh, you gotta be watch careful. Watch He Man. You gotta be careful with that <laughs> stuff, though. That was like a couple years ago. That was a huge controversy with like yeah. children's content on youtube right leading Having, them into rabbit holes yeah. of like messed up stuff yeah no i have to it's constantly scary. watch it and like those algorithms it is it is those <laughs> algorithms it's weird and then you watch one of those videos and then we have like five more that mm-hmm. are like oh, oh yeah. you want this yeah pretty soon the autoplay leads you to just yeah just some messed up stuff <laughs> no so we're constantly on it and i keep trying to steer them back to things that i know are familiar with and i know are good and they're just not interested in it and it's it's very difficult so yeah, that would be frustrating we put the ipads away and we read books now there you go there you go <laughs> yeah simple you know, that's not a bad thing you know what another fe- th- defining thing is um like dark crystal and goonies were always like my go-to things <laughs> yeah. for when i went to my grandparents mm-hmm. house and they're redoing a Dark Crystal series. It's yeah. like yeah, a Netflix. prequel series. Yep. Did you like the trailer? I did, actually. Nice. I did. I was like, look at them. They look exactly the same. Like, it's pure, and I oh, love it. yes. Pander to my nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I got excited. And Men in Black is going, we hope there's nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> please. I don't know. It's a it's an interesting, complicated, weird, existential conversation. Well, but. do you think this... Uh-huh. 
media complicated is just existential weird thing is going to be an effect <laughs> on Men in Black International. Then I don't because I mean, we were Men we in were Black talking about Men we in Black like, oh, just yeah, happened to be the soon. thing that spurred this idea in all of us because yeah, right. of you know that random thing that happened. I don't think Men in Black's going to. I don't think it's going to do anything. I don't think it was as big or as culturally relevant as we may think it was. I Maybe we're conflating the was... fact that I think we're conflating the fact that we remember it pretty vividly from a very young age. I think we're assuming that because we do that it was this big thing that was like a, you know, a zeitgeist sort of thing and I just don't think it was. Well, I think the first one was really good. I don't think the second and third one helped the series or brought new people onto it. So if you take if you go back to just the first one, the people that love the first one, we said that's twenty two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like that's so far like what so far in a gap for for that that yeah. I could see why the media is different, the humor is different, the culture is different. Well, know? everything's I different. Mean, it's only gonna keep yeah. getting more different. And I, I just Sorry, you go first. If, oh, I was, just, I was just gonna say that's kind of the same thing with the third one too, even. Like yeah. the third one was actually quite a while ago now and even then, like it Seven wasn't years, very yeah. well loved or well. It's just like, oh, they're no making one really a third one. Cared, honestly, okay, the second one was kind of garbage, but I guess if you want right. to do it again, yeah. So it, it makes me wonder if the thir- well, if this one will even I guess matter it, since the third one didn't even. I matter. guess on the third one, I'm I'm like yay X Men because I love it so or because I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, but I'm afraid now and getting close to it that they didn't do enough to make it different. Like just because you put two new actors in. Mm-hmm. you know and they're well, like we just white, talked about men black in... it looks just like the first one like well, there's nothing that's different the other reason than well, like we had brighter. just said <laughs> the, the first one took off probably a huge reason was because of it was because of will smith right yeah you know it's it was a star power vehicle and the thing we see now is everything that was moderately successful is getting rebooted it's getting brought back mm-hmm. there's a prequel there's a spin-off there's everything and it's like, no, not everything is going to be successful again just because it was successful right. one time. There's lots of different reasons why things end up being successful. And I really like Chris Hemsworth, and he is great in comedy. Yeah, he's hilarious. And at yeah. first, I was very excited that he got picked with Tessa Thompson because they... Mm-hmm. But I just... Now, the pairing doesn't doesn't seem good for me. I mean, me. the pairing it doesn't... It seems boring. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't seem as maybe as... Yes. Oh my God. We need this as it right. did at first, because now it's just kind of like, it's like, do we do we need do we need this? You know, it's do we need another Men in Black? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's Men in Black was just the catalyst for all of this. I don't know. It's just it, it's just kind of unfortunate if that's going to be the case for Men in Black International, just because like, I remember like the trailers looked pretty solid. Like they looked like this was going to be a a fun movie and we're not saying like it's not a fun movie like we don't know yet obviously but yeah um, I, as, as it just like keeps slowly coming to its release we've kind of realized oh yeah it's coming out are we interested anymore like is yeah. that i just don't think it's want? i don't think it's gonna be anything special i don't think people really love well people haven't maintained a love for this franchise yeah it's it was a movie that was cool when it came out mm-hmm. cool in the 90s there's a difference between movies that are just huge event milestones that are you know like star wars jaws you know these huge things that not only were they Mm -hmm. everywhere and everybody was talking about them but they have they're immortalized you know and then there are movies that were cool that did well when they came out and people liked them but they don't remember them but then when they think back like oh yeah that movie was really that movie was really cool let's let's show our kids it 
you know, like, I don't know, Will Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, that was a runaway success that came out of nowhere, but is it going to be this, like, timeless, immortalized event? Probably not. No, because it... It's just a copy of the original mm-hmm. one. The original one had the new unique idea. Mm-hmm. So this is just a fourth I- iteration yeah. of an idea. <laughs> the first idea was really good and new. I think this is probably going into that whole, you know, like sequel-itis culture it, that we're getting it, it, it is. It's, I don't know, it's just that the, the whole sequel rebrand nostalgia thing to me is inseparable from this constantly changing media landscape which is also inseparable from the amount from the fact that there's just countless different shows and movies to choose from now i know it's just all one big ugly weird messy cloud of who knows (laughs) right it hurts my brain to think about but i think about it a lot (laughs) (laughs) i just needed to get it out the dark crystal (laughs) one just because i want to see Gelflings again and a mo- more like a modern take. Yeah, and you'll probably see and you'll be like, wow, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then I'm not gonna let my kids <laughs> And then it'll just fade away. I flutter spent, away. I did spend one day, one morning, I got the iPad out and we were going through old trailers of all the movies that I liked as a kid mm-hmm. and my children were like not interested and the in the Dark Crystal trailer scared them. Old They're movies, a little young. Old but... trailers for old movies are can be rough though. Yeah. Like I remember loving Willow. And yeah. I tried to watch oh, that yeah. trailer and I'm like, <laughs> I loved this when I like I loved it. Trailers trailers have definitely gotten better. Yeah. I, I feel like oh, that's so an better. objective yeah. fact. Yeah. Um my kids were not interested in Willow either. Give them time. I Whew, that was oh. a big existential talk. Did we get was... that all out? Are we are we feeling okay? I'll yes. never get it all out. <laughs> no, we should we should move on. We should move on. Do we want to talk. talk about these trailers? Um, yeah. <laughs> Let's just real quick talk talk about the Ford versus Ferrari because yeah. that trailer yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And um, Matt Damon and Christian Bale have this great chemistry. Their characters are awesome. Have in they ever it. been in anything? It's a car movie together. I don't think no, so. Seeing think them so. on screen, I feel like I'm like, how has this not happened before? Right. This has to. It's about time. So yeah, the cast is there. It's amazing. Everybody loves an underdog story, mm-hmm. especially an American like patriotic <laughs> underdog story. <laughs> Hoorah! Yeah. Um, I like cars. I guess. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I, don't know if, I mean, <laughs> I Days like of Thunder. Was, Days of Thunder was cool. Um, I do like that. I'm. Probably one of the things I'm most excited about, because this is the, one of the things I gravitate towards, is that it's James Mangold's directorial follow-up to Logan, and I love Logan was a, an amazing movie, and, but this is just so, like, he goes from a comic book movie about Wolverine to a true story about race cars. I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa, okay, that's kind of a jump. Let's see how he does it. Oh. He didn't write this one, but based on the trailer, you know, the directing looks on point acting is we already awesome say, yeah the cast they look incredible they're those the two of those guys are always amazing i in the trailer didn't show the expanded scene where the the head of ford gets in the car and because what they're okay so this premise of the story is they're trying to create um like a, a car to beat ferrari in this big huge race yeah i, did, I couldn't remember I what he all, said like, the race was yeah i don't have all this remember the only the details, sort of the car toys. race i know is daytona and right. that's not what no, the man's in france yeah and so, and Ferrari had won like every year and just was blowing people out of the water. And 
and they uh, go to and ford wants to win but they go so they go to this guy played by um matt damon and they're like what do we need to do to make this win he's like well i need like two million dollars to build you (laughs) this like brand new kind of car experimental prototype type thing and he's like and there's only one driver i want and that's christian bale's character he's like he's the best guy but he's (laughs) a man he says and it's christian bale (laughs) it's christian bale no it's his character and he's like ken miles kind of a mess alcoholic guy and they're like no we don't want this with our investment but they bring him on anyways because he's the best driver so they've got this prototype car and the for- head of Ford is like coming to go sit to test it out. And that's that. He's not scene. expecting much. He's like, no. oh, okay, let's see what you guys that's have. That's the scene at the end of the trailer that where Matt so Damon good. gets in the car and they like race around the track and they do like these cool drifting spins and all this. And the guy just cries. Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> and then he yeah, cries. He just keeps going and then he just turns into a full on <laughs> yeah. meltdown. Oh my great. gosh. We saw an expanded scene of that at CinemaCon and that was awesome i was like i can't wait to see this movie yeah no i mean again it's still a trailer so you're not going to see a whole lot everything's detached from context but i i like everything that we saw in it Uh, again i can't stress how much i love the fact that matt damon and christian bale are going to be in a movie together um it looks like it's well made and yeah i'm excited yeah it sold me on wanting to see this movie um even though i was already anticipating it but it really did sell me here and i think it's going to be selling uh, for quite a bit of people too. Yeah. Yeah. When does it come? Uh, November fifteenth. Okay. Oh yeah. No, it's gonna be a great like Thanksgiving film. Yeah. So great it, it could be able to picture. do the business that it needs to. That's for sure. Um, I think it'll be good for families. It'll be alternative programming to Frozen and Star Wars. Like it could play through all the holidays just for mm-hmm. people that like want to take their dad or their grandparent to a film that's not Frozen or Star Wars. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely possible. That's for sure. So, well, on that we'll bombshell note, we'll see how it yeah. plays out. We should. There's not much to say about Ad Astro. It's an right. outer space movie with Brad Pitt. That's all. It looks weird. <laughs> I like space. I was it, very curious about. I'll, this I'll watch one, anything. But it really space. didn't help me. Uh, want to really see this that right. badly? Unfortunately. Yeah. I'll check it out. What was the one? It's like Jane looking from the sky, or. Lucy in the Sky. Lucy in the Sky. It's yeah. not as weird as that one with Natalie Portman. I still haven't even seen that trailer. That trailer is just bizarre. And have they not dropped a trailer for that one? They no, this trailer came out a while ago. Oh, did it? Yeah. yeah. They have. That one just looks out there bizarre. This one at least looks a little bit more commercial, and Brad Pitt is more of a draw than... Um, Natalie Portman? Yeah. But... In nowadays, yeah. Nowadays, but um, I still... It, it's just okay. It's just okay. It's just a trailer. Just yeah, a trailer. It does have it chapter two before that, and then it has Rambo on the same weekend. But honestly, Ad Astra might be able, if it's not horrible, it might be able to. Well, the guy behind it is a very celebrated filmmaker. He's yeah. I'm, he's I'm been to, to Cannes Film Festival. He's been nominated for the highest prize like four times. James Gray. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've seen any of his stuff, but I know that he's a very oh, respected yeah, individual. Um, in the industry, so what did he do, Kyle? Uh, the Lost City of Z, which is mm-hmm. that was a all right movie. I didn't see that one. Wait, that had Margot and Chiwetel, no. right? What? Oh, I'm thinking of World War Z. <laughs> <laughs> no, wrong <laughs> <laughs> one. So yeah, I mean that's that's really that and the fact that I love space and I like Brad Pitt. You know, those three things are enough to make me interested in it. As long as he doesn't put a bracelet on the moon, I'll be fine. Ooh, I just watched rewatched oh. this man. <laughs> 
Beautiful. Your first man. Okay, so <laughs> this weekend we have... <laughs> I'm just going to skip right over that. This weekend we have Dark Phoenix and we have The Secret Life of Pets 2. Which Secret Life of Pets 2 is so cute and I love Harrison Ford as Rooster, the dog. Yeah. I think it's getting a bit more love than the first one did so i've seen a couple things i don't think it's gonna be as good as the first one like it's probably gonna like play out as good as the first one it doesn't have as many of the cute fun scenes in it really it it's darling and it's got great i love snowball in it i more than that you know kill all humans evil bunny (laughs) but um yeah it's just not as just not as cute we'll see yeah, <laughs> Eric's got a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's gonna be. It's probably gonna take number one. Oh, I, for sure. I think I mean, so too. Especially after Kyle's thoughts on Dark Phoenix, it's like it'll, woo! it'll be number one this week, <laughs> and it'll do pretty good next week. But it's gonna be killed by Toy Story the week after. Oh, absolutely! Wow, Toy so Story is demolished. It's got two good weeks to make money, and then it'll mm-hmm. be demolished. That should be Toy enough. Story. So yeah, those are your two new releases this weekend. I wonder which one will be better. I suggest um, pets because it's so cute. <laughs> and yeah, surprisingly, I might I I might agree with you. Go see <laughs> <Yeah>. pets. <laughs> so that's pretty much everything we have. We yeah, have that's all we have on the docket for today. Go back to my desk and keep thinking about the future of media. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> rainy day, day Eric. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to we got to match the outside mm-hmm. weather. I'll get you a blankie and a coffee. <laughs> Well, Go all these, rude. all it's these, not bad. It's just hmm, kind of <laughs> philosophize. All these movies uh, and trailers that we talked about, they're all up at silverscreeninsider.com. Right. Go check them out. Yeah. Please do. Uh, tell everyone what we're all about. We're just trying to help out theater owners be able to mm-hmm. market their theaters and do business. You know, make sense of this crazy industry. And like we mentioned last week, we are going to be undergoing some changes. We've been busy here in the back end. Of the office, figuring out new and exciting features to add to the mm-hmm. site that will hopefully happen by the end of the year. So yeah. we'll keep you posted on those. I, I like it. Okay. Like it's all coming together. We might be coming out with a new logo. <gasps> Change. Change. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. But <laughs> there you guys go. All right. all right. Have a good week. Take it easy. Bye.